quote, 370 of the FCPA compliance report. In this episode, I have back my good friend and colleague, Carlos Ayers. Carlos is a lawyer in Sao Paulo focusing on anti-bribery, anti-corruption. He takes us through the three or four significant highlights from the Brazil enforcement season in 2017, gives us some uh, predictions about where compliance and enforcement may be going in Brazil, and given that Brazil had the largest number of companies that sustained FCPA enforcement actions in 2017, helps us understand what U.S. companies who do business in Brazil and indeed throughout Latin America can not only expect from enforcers, but also steps they can take to help prevent, detect, and remediate any compliance issues which arise. It's a fascinating exploration of anti-bribery, anti-corruption enforcement outside of the United States, and right now in one of the hottest areas for such enforcement, with a person who is very knowledgeable and has practiced in the area for many years. The FCPA Compliance Report is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, Evangelist, back for another episode. Today, I'm extraordinarily pleased to have with me my good friend and colleague, Carlos Ayers. Carlos is a partner at the firm of Madea Ayers and Sarubi in Sao Paulo, Brazil. He is one of the people that I look to to talk about not only what's happening in Brazil, but most importantly for the U.S. audience, what that means for U.S. companies. So, Carlos, with that introduction, uh, welcome and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Hi, Tom. It's always a pleasure to participate uh, on your podcasts. So, Carlos, I don't think it would be unfair to say that the country of Brazil had as significant a year in anti-corruption as any other country on the globe. Certainly, it started in 2016, but 2017 was equally significant. We certainly had, the, I believe, the world's largest ever uh, anti-corruption settlement with JBF, but uh, lots of other things went on. So uh, what were some of the highlights for you or highlights that you uh, talked to your clients about? Uh, thank you, Tom. Uh, we continue to have uh, important developments uh, in Brazil. There is a very significant one, not from... Uh, 2017, but very significant, which is that on January 24, 2018, an unanimous three-judge panel of the Federal Court of Appeals uphold a criminal conviction against former President Lula for bribery-related uh, offenses. And the court also increased his sanction to 12 years of incarceration. So. Uh, Lula uh, will likely file appeals, uh, but he might be uh, arrested uh, very soon. And he's also a defendant uh, in other criminal cases. Uh, and the judge of the Federal Court of Appeals mentioned that no one is too high uh, to be above the law. And I think that sends uh, a strong message uh, uh, to society uh, and to people in general here uh, in Brazil. The second thing uh, I would highlight uh, is that last year in August, the fifth chamber of prosecutors, which is uh, of federal prosecutors, which is the body 
uh, of the Brazilian Federal Prosecution Service dedicated uh, to providing integration and coordination uh, in the fight against corruption, uh, who are also uh, the body responsible for ratifying uh, Lenin's agreement signed by federal prosecutors. They issue guidelines uh, number seven of 2017 uh, on lenience agreement for Brazilian uh, federal prosecutors. Uh, and the guidelines uh, formalize in a written document uh, some practice that federal prosecutors uh, have been adopting uh, in settlement negotiations uh, they sign in bribery-related uh, case. And the guidelines are welcome because uh, they provide helpful uh, information for companies uh, and lawyers uh, negotiating their first uh, settlement agreements uh, with, with prosecutors. The, the third point I would highlight uh, is the imposition uh, of a monitor uh, in Brazil in bribery case. Uh, this is a new concept here. Uh, and the cases uh, in which a monitor was appointed until the recent past uh, were related to matters involving uh, the DOJ and SEC, such as the Embraer, Braskin, and Odebrecht. And in the leniency agreement uh, of uh, JBS from June last year, uh, which was signed with federal prosecutors uh, in Brazil uh, only, uh, it includes this concept of external monitor, uh, which is referred uh, in the lenience agreement as an external auditor uh, to monitor uh, the compliance with the terms uh, of the agreement. This is the first uh, monitor imposed uh, on a Brazilian matter uh, for bribery case. Uh, it's not possible uh, to say uh, it's a trend, but prosecutors have said that they like uh, this concept of having an external uh, monitor. So I would expect uh, to see monitors being posed on more uh, serious cases uh, in Brazil. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, the fourth point uh, that I think it's noteworthy is that uh, new legislation uh, is coming up requiring compliance uh, in public procurement. So, for example, uh, the state of Rio de Janeiro, which is one of the most important states in Brazil, uh, passed a law uh, in October 2017 requiring companies uh, to have compliance programs when they participate in certain uh, public procurement. So, for example, uh, if they uh, sign contracts with more than 180 days of execution uh, or and above uh, 500,000 US dollars for construction or engineering work or above 220 US dollars for goods and services, uh, the company has either to inform that it has a compliance program uh, or that it's going to implement it in 180 days after signing the contract. In failing uh, to comply with that, my subject, the companies, uh, to fines. On one hand, uh, that's a welcome development because it incentivizes the implementation of compliance programs. 
but it's not structured in a very good way. So people uh, whom I evaluate uh, the compliance program, which is the manager of the contract uh, at this public entity, might not have the right uh, expertise. Uh, the federal district uh, passed a similar law at the end of last year as well. And, and at the federal level, uh, there is also a draft bill uh, that also addresses it, uh, but that draft bill requires uh, certification. So the company uh, must have uh, a, a certification beforehand as a conduction uh, condition uh, to participate uh, in the tender. And under that draft bill at the federal level, this would apply uh, for uh, a public procurement above uh, 30 million reais, which is around 10 million US dollars. And the company uh, should have a, a certified uh, program from a, an accredited uh, entity. So uh, this is something uh, that's uh, coming up uh, more recently. I would uh, finally highlight uh, a fifth development that I think it's important, which is related to commercial bribery. Uh, ENCLA, which stands for the National Strategy Against Corruption uh, and Money Laundry, which is a forum in which dozens of authorities participate, including federal prosecutors, federal police, the CGU, uh, the Brazilian Security and Exchange Commission, the Association of Federal Judges and, and others. Uh, one of the actions approved by ENCLA uh, in the end of last year was to elaborate proposals to fight commercial bribery and private corruption. Uh, and this was a suggestion that was presented by civil society. Uh, and as a result of it, we should expect a bill, a draft bill uh, in 2018, uh, criminalizing uh, commercial bribery uh, and private uh, corruption uh, in Brazil. And given, with respect to companies, uh, given that there is no corporate criminal liability uh, in Brazil except for environmental-related case, uh, companies might also expect a bill uh, that will hold them liable uh, for commercial bribery uh, under civil and administrative uh, liability. Apart from that, uh, I would say that uh, we continue to see uh, a strong cooperation uh, internally uh, and at the international level. Uh, new rules to file, uh, uh, to fight, uh, I'm sorry, uh, corruption and money laundry. Uh, uh, have been uh, passed. So, for example, the IRS uh, issued a new rule uh, in November uh, last year uh, saying that legal entities and individuals should inform the IRS uh, if they receive amounts in cash above 30,000 reais, around uh, 10,000 uh, US dollars. And some say that this uh, is a result of the bribery case uh, that we have been saying, 
will be seen. And in September uh, 2017, for example, the federal police found 51 million reais, around 17 million US dollars in cash in an apartment related to uh, a former minister who is currently uh, in jail. So if we look also at the number of suspicious activities report, uh, they have been uh, increasing uh, over the years. Uh, in 2017 alone, uh, COAFI, which is our financial intelligence agency, received more than a million and 500 SARS. So, uh, I think this uh, summarizes uh, what's going on in Brazil uh, and what happened uh, last year. So, Carlos, uh, one of the things I think American companies struggle with is not the aggressiveness of the Brazilian prosecutors, but their... Um, continued moving forward without a lot of guidance. But it sounds like to me that now the government has issued some guidance which may allow companies to put the right sorts of policies and procedures in place. Would that be fair? Well, the Brazilian government, they they issued some guidance uh, in the recent past. So uh, some years ago, the CGU, uh, issue guidance uh, on compliance programs, and they publish that even in English. So I strongly advise U.S. companies uh, doing business uh, in Brazil to look at that guidance because uh, the scope of the Brazilian uh, anti-bribery law uh, is broader in some aspects than the FCPA. Uh, so it's important to look at the specific. So that was a helpful uh, guidance. Uh, on that guidance that was issued last year uh, by the Fifth Chamber of Federal Prosecutors, uh, that's also a welcome uh, guidance because it provides helpful information for companies and lawyers about uh, which prosecutors to go uh, give some clarity in terms of the process that will be uh, followed. So I think the government is trying to give more and the authorities are trying to give more clarity about the uh, expectations uh, that companies, uh, uh, for companies in terms of what to expect for their uh, in uh, uh, compliance programs and what to expect when they uh, apply uh, for a leniency agreement. So, Carlos, in terms of what U.S. companies or really any company outside of Brazil should expect, what sort of advice are you giving? Well, uh, one important thing to, uh, to keep in mind is that uh, the level of sophistication of the Brazilian authorities uh, increased a lot uh, in the last years in terms of uh, expertise in, in bringing case or in evaluating uh, compliance programs. So uh, if one uh, company is to sit in front of the Brazilian authorities to explain uh, what they have in terms of uh, compliance, what they did in terms of remediation, 
uh, it's important to keep in mind uh, that companies should expect to get the same uh, uh, or very similar questions that the DOJ and the SEC uh, makes, or for example, when the potential issue was discovered, what was done uh, to uh, mitigate risk, what was done to preserve data, when the data preservation uh, was done. So uh, that's one aspect uh, to keep in mind. Uh, another aspect, uh, as I mentioned earlier, is that the scope of the Brazilian law uh, is different from the FCPA. So it covers, for example, uh, fraud uh, in, in public procurement, even when they are not related to bribery. Uh, and that's an area uh, of concern. Uh, and many times, uh, employees, uh, they uh, commit wrongdoing, not because they want to violate the law, but because they do not know that certain specific practice not uh, permitted. So it's important to uh, increase uh, training uh, and policies and procedures uh, covering uh, that area and make sure that the, uh, the policies that apply to Brazil are not only uh, FCPA uh, focused because if a company is to uh, present it to the authorities at a given point, uh, they will look at the specifics of the Brazilian law. And that's highlighted also uh, on the guidance that CGU uh, issued. So, Carlos, um, I'd like to maybe take up in a separate podcast um, some of the initiatives from other countries of Latin America, because uh, we had the opportunity to visit about um, some of the very exciting things that are going on really continent-wide. Uh, but I would from my perspective, it really appears that Brazil is leading South America in the, the fight against bribery and corruption and the work of the Brazilian prosecutors, the work of people like yourself as outside counsel and consultants to companies, and the work of in-house compliance practitioners have put Brazil and Brazilians really in a place to, to lead this effort. Do you think that's a fair statement? I think that's a fair uh, statement on uh, for different reasons. Uh, if you look uh, more recently, uh, Argentina passed a new anti-bribery law, uh, which holds company liable for bribery of uh, uh, public officials. Uh, and in many aspects, uh, that law is very similar uh, to the Brazilian uh, Clean Companies Act. Uh, if you look at the factors taken into consideration when applying the sanctions, they are very similar. The prohibited acts are very similar. Uh, so uh, I think the Brazilian uh, law was used uh, in a model uh, in many aspects. Uh, but this is not uh, a recent uh, trend, I would say. So uh, in 2014, uh, for example, when Peru uh, was uh, considering a new anti-bribery law in order to fulfill the commitments uh, of the OECD, uh, the Brazilian uh, CGU uh, provides some uh, guidance uh, to the Peruvian government. I was uh, myself invited to attend a meeting uh, in Peru to discuss 
uh, with the authorities and civil society about uh, the Brazilian law. Uh, and so hopefully uh, not only the example of the legislation is going to be adopted uh, by uh, these other countries, but also that uh, enforcement uh, becomes a strong factor uh, in these countries as well. Well, Carlos, this has been a fascinating uh, visit about uh, kind of a retrospective over the past uh, several months in Brazil. I want to thank you for taking the time to visit uh, with me. I've been visiting with Carlos Ayers at, from Madia Ayers and Sarubi in Sao Paulo about uh, really Brazilian anti-corruption efforts uh, over the past uh, year plus, uh, because we did go into a little bit into 2018. Carlos, I want to thank you and uh, look forward to continuing the conversation. Thank you, Tony. It's always a pleasure. Looking forward to keeping in touch. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. If you have any questions, you can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate our podcast as it would help in our rankings and help get the word out about the oldest podcast in compliance. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. I hope you'll join us again next week where we explore another topic in FCPA compliance. The FCPA Compliance Report is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.